The Chargers have a ton of cap space as they enter free agency in 2022. And if they play their cards right, they can come out with some impact starters without having to break the bank. We're going to talk about a few of those options on today's Locked on Chargers podcast. You are Locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joining as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And as always, make sure to not miss the show by following and wherever you get your podcast from for free on all platforms and subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And you guys can hit us up all over the place on social media at Locked On LAC on Twitter to get in on Fan Mail Friday tomorrow or call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. So we have free agency coming up very quickly. And on today's show, one of the things we kind of wanted to focus on was the Chargers being able to build through free agency and bringing in impact players, especially in the trenches, that could help them right now without having to break the bank. Guys, you could add multiple of in free agency while trying to fill as many holes as you can before the draft comes up. So you have the least needs going into the draft. And Daniel Popper put together a list of 31 free agents. He thinks the Chargers might be considering going into the free agency period with a lot of great stuff from The Athletic where you should subscribe if you don't already. But we're going to start with the bigger names, David, who would come in at a very reasonable price, like under $10 million, right? That's kind of the range we're talking about here. None of these guys I think we're going to talk about are going to be projected more than that. And one of the guys that Daniel Popper has firmly on his list is a guy that I think could come in and make an immediate impact. But he does come with some concerns, and that's Akeem Hicks, and that's the guy that everyone's been talking about going into this with the ties to Staley in Chicago, him kind of, you know, being rumored around the trade deadline last season as they were, you know, the Chargers were adding guys like Andre Roberts and Dustin Hopkins. But this is what Popper has to say about Akeem Hicks. Subject to plenty of trade speculations around the deadline in early November, he ended up staying in Chicago. He has all of the you know connections with Brandon Staley, but he has dealt with ankle and groin issues last season. But he says when Hicks is on the field, though, he remains a highly productive player. And I think that's one thing about Akeem Hicks, David, as you look, PFF has it as a two-year, $17.5 million contract. Almost identical to what they signed Limbaugh Joseph to. And I think the biggest thing with this is, yes, this guy could come in. You would still have flexibility to go after other players. You know he fits well in your system. But you are bringing in another aging defensive lineman, right, that comes with its own, you know, parts of it that you would question as far as, do you want to do that again? It worked out better with Limbaugh Joseph than Brandon Meebane. But either way, do you want to kind of add that another aging defensive tackle? Well, and you you know the pedigree that he brings to the table. You know what he's been able to do in his NFL career. And, you know, he's been a very, very productive player. But, again, he's 32 years old. And that's the one thing that is just like, you know, coming off of, you know, a limited season where he's, you know, actually the last couple of seasons where he just hasn't been able to play a full season. He's dealt with injuries the last three years. Um, But, you know, like you said, when he is on the field, he is productive. In those nine games he played last year, 19 tackles, 17 of those being stops, five sacks, and 15 pressures in limited time. That's crazy production to get in the interior of your defensive line. So if this guy is healthy, you, you I think you can reasonably expect a guy who's going to be able to consistently stop the run 
and provide some pass rush on the interior that the Chargers really have been sorely lacking. Yeah, and I mean, I think at the age of 32, I think he could even come in a little bit less. Like, I think you would probably at least consider maybe, you know, a two-year $12 million deal or somewhere in that range, which be making, yeah. you know, pretty much a bargain, I think, at that price and worth the risk. But it also comes along with, but that can't be all you do because, yes, yeah, exactly. you get, you know, 14, 15 games out of him, he's probably going to dramatically improve the Chargers front. I mean, he's getting right. Oh, yeah. He's better as a pass rusher than Limbaugh, Joseph, Ryan, Brandon, Eubane before him. Gives him somebody who's a presence on the interior. And I think that's why he makes this list. Because you can add him and still go out and add someone else. David, who would you kind of put in that same category as a mid-level guy who's not going to break the bank, but will still come in and help you right away? Yeah, I mean, I think that the next big name, at least on this list, that's been thrown around, uh, you know, very, very frequently uh, around, uh, you know, the charges and free free agency is a a guy who was just playing in the, in the Super Bowl not too long ago. And of course, I'm talking about B.J. Hill. B.J. Hill came in, uh, was a member of the Cincinnati Bengals that they traded for uh, and came in and really rewarded them right away. I mean, like Popper said in his article, he's young, he's productive, and he is versatile. He had 44 tackles, 29 pressures, six sacks. And the best part of all of this, Daniel, is he is 25 years old. So this is a guy who is probably going to be on the higher end of your bargain free agents here that you would be bringing in. But this is a guy I think you could feel really good about. You know, a guy with 20-plus stops in three of his four seasons in the league – that you you know what you're going to get out of him, and the best is also possibly yet to come. So a lot of potential here, a lot of production, and a lot of potential for that production to continue and even improve. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the top guys on my list because not only is he not going to probably break the bank, according to PFF, three-year, $26.25 million contract, $8.75 million per season. I will take that in a heartbeat. I mean, Oh, yeah, sign me up. Hasn't been, you know, a full-time starter in a lot of the seasons, but he was a huge impact player on that Cincinnati Bengals defense. And their biggest thing going into the offseason is going to be to find Joe Burrow an offensive line, even if they have to buy it, right? So that's what makes you think maybe they he could become available <laughs> just because he is a good player. They also have Larry Joby, who's another guy who is going to get a lot of looks and probably cost a little bit more just because of the sack numbers by itself. But I think B.J. Hill is the best of both worlds because you get a guy that you know has been – super productive while also getting a guy that you feel like can be the future for the next few years. He's not just a one or two year guy potentially, right? right? He could be a guy that really solidifies that for the next few years without having to worry about him getting up there in age. And I mean, has been pretty healthy, which is another thing, pretty durable during his career. So BJ Hill, a guy that I would definitely be considering. I will throw one name out there and it's Morgan Moses who Daniel Popper talks about. I mean, that's his most attractive sound. I mean, especially with, you know, everything with Brian Bulaga over the last couple of seasons. Then you look at a guy like Morgan Moses, who's played every game in seven straight seasons. Like right there, that just has me interested, right? Yes. But he has struggled. He's a better run defender than he is a pass blocker, a run blocker than a pass blocker. But at the same time, I think a lot of the struggles that he had, specifically last year, where he allowed 49 pressures, that's not very good. But he also had, you know, four different quarterbacks back there for the Jets, rookie quarterbacks that were holding on to the ball too long. Either, you know, both of the two seasons leading up to that, he hadn't given up more than 40 pressures in a season. And I just think you're giving yourself a much higher floor on that right side, and you're getting a guy who's only 30 at this point, kind of the prime for some offensive lineman. You're not really worried about until like 32, 
33 for the most part. And I think is a guy that would stabilize the right side and obviously make Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton a backup. And, and that's essentially where they should be, right? I think that's where Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins have shown themselves at this point in their careers. They're not really ready to be the main guy. I mean, you saw what that looked like with Storm Norton, and he played admirably, and he was he put in a very, very kind of uh, uncomfortable spot. But, you know, he's not a guy that you really want to be out there starting. If you're able to get a Morgan Moses for a decent contract, I, I think you got to feel good about that option. He has the experience. Um, and I think on an offensive line, you know, that the Chargers have really built on the left side and put some good resources in. There's been a good mix uh, of youth and experience on that offensive line. So I think if you get somebody who is a proven talent uh, on the right side, um, really be able to give Justin Herbert some more, uh, at least comfort um, and less anxiety when he tries to roll out to the right side that he's going to maybe get some better production or protection there. Uh, I think that will definitely be a welcome sight. The Chargers obviously need to improve on on that um, right side of the offensive line and you know adding somebody in free agency is, is definitely not a bad way to do it. No, and I mean, his current projection, at least from PFF, is three years, $22.5 million, $7.5 million. That's not bad at all. You know, per season, uh, $14 million guaranteed. You probably don't have very much in that third season, right? It's kind of a two-year thing. Oh, and yeah. It gives you With a that to kind of build in, you know, build up a new guy. I mean, this guy is an average tackle for the most yeah. part, but you would take average, and it'll give you someone stable on that right side in case you want to make Brendan Hymas your starting right guard going into next season. Yeah, now you're at least surrounding him with two vets. You're not surrounding him with Storm Norton, right? You have Corey yeah. Lindsley on one side, and the other side you have Morgan Moses, who's played a ton of games, and more importantly, every single game the last seven straight seasons. Exactly. Insane. And I just think that would be a nice stabilizing thing, especially to build up the chemistry of a young and impressive offensive line for the Chargers. But there's some more guys I think that fit into this, including another guy who was playing in the Super Bowl, Sebastian Joseph Day is another guy that pops up on this list, and another tackle that could potentially be an upgrade over Storm Norton. So we'll get into those guys. And I, as far as, you know, these guys we're talking about, David, specifically Morgan Moses, like I'm not going all in, right? I'm not saying, hey, this is the yeah. guy that's going to fix everything, but it's just providing options, right? It's, yeah. You don't have to go all in to improve the offensive line from especially the right side that we saw last season. But I am going all in on betonline.net, the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast and the only place where I place my bets, and especially with football season being over, you need a little bit of juice on some other sports to get the full squeeze out of it. And Bet Online is the best place for that because it's the number one place for all college and pro hoops. You got March Madness coming up right around the corner, and that is, I mean, the most insane weekend ever to bet on any kind of sports. March Madness is ridiculous, and I'm excited that I'm in with Bet Online to get in all of my action because you're going to find the best odds, lines, and props at BetOnline.net. You have so many specials to choose from where you can get in on tournaments and find big winnings, right? And that's what everyone wants. You know, bet a little, win a lot. You can find those opportunities at betonline.net. And it's not just basketball, right? It's NHL, it's UFC, it's boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Betonline.net is the number one place to go for all of your sports news and information and finding out where everyone stands and to find the best bets available. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, what well, we're getting into some more free agents here from Daniel Popper, our good friend, and I'm excited to have him on to talk about this list as well. And we're definitely going to try to do that soon because Daniel Popper kills it every time. Subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. But getting back to this, David, there's a, a few other names I think that are exciting that you could 
potentially bring in while still giving yourself that flexibility to maneuver and fill other spots entering the draft because you don't want to have to draft from a place of need, right? You can't necessarily go out and buy everything that you need, but it doesn't mean that you can't be smart about it and try to fill as many positions as possible, find starting caliber players in free agency and mix of, you know, mid-level guys that you feel like can come in and produce and also bargain guys that you're going to have to hit on a couple of those as well. So who did you want to start with in this segment, getting into more guys that could help without breaking the bank? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to leave Sebastian Joseph Day for you because I know he's definitely on your list and he's a popular name that um, that's always been thrown out there and obviously with good reason there. I'm going to go to a place that seems to just perpetually churn out very productive defensive linemen, and that is the New York Giants. And I'm going with Austin Johnson, the defensive lineman there, eighth among amongst I, interior defensive linemen and defensive stops from the article that Daniel Popper provided, um, fifth in tackles on run plays with 64. He had 65 tackles, guys. So 64 of those were on run stops. So that's pretty incredible. Also, three sacks and 21 pressures as well. So he's a guy that is not just a run stuffer. He can actually get after the quarterback a little bit as well. So this is a guy, I think, also he played in all 17 games as well. He's a guy that's been very, very durable as well as as very productive, especially against the run. He's also very young. I think this would be a guy that if you got him on a reasonable contract, that he can step in and immediately make an impact for the Chargers against the run. Yeah, I mean, he is a defensive lineman, so I think you'd accept probably most of his tackles to come against the run. But I do like to think that that 65th tackle was, you know, chasing down like Tyreek Hill from behind, right, is the only other non-tackle or non-run defense tackle, I should say. But yeah, I mean, I think what you're learning from this is just that there are guys out there that can help you. And there's a lot of kind of mid-level guys, especially at defensive tackle, where you can at least solidify that going into the draft where you don't feel like you have to spend a first-round pick on one, right, or something along those lines. And you could probably bring in two in free agency. if you. And you probably should. You probably should, right? There's no reason why the Chargers, with the amount of cap space that they have, do not go out there and grab a couple of guys to at least add depth and quality defensive play on the interior. There's no reason why they shouldn't go out there and do that. When he's a guy that, you know, that has an unspectacular but very solid career so far. Yeah. And a guy that probably comes in on the cheap and instantly makes you run defense a little bit better. It shores things up. And I think that's the same with Sebastian Joseph Day. Neither guy is going to totally disrupt the pass, any passing attack, right? That's not what they're known for. But Sebastian Joseph Day, according to Daniel Popper, I mean, the number one run-stop defender by percentage in 2021, even with the missed games that he had. Obviously, the injury concern is a little bit, but the fit makes a lot of sense. And he's still a very young player at 26 where you know he can come in potentially and be with you for the next three years, and you feel like you're still getting that top-level production. Like With some of these guys, like Akeem Hicks, you're always going to be worried about, is this the year he totally regresses? And even yeah. with the injuries, he's still been a high-level player, right? Sure. But with these guys, you don't think they're going to age out of their production like you have with some other veteran free agents. And I think that's with Sebastian Joseph Day, the fit with Brandon Staley having him in 2020, knowing he fits in well, knowing what kind of disruptor he is on the defensive line, and him having you know pretty much his best pass rushing season under Brandon Staley at least makes you feel a little bit better about the you know that he'll be not just a run defense guy but that is what he's going to be for the most part and his contract at least according to PFF is pretty reasonable three years twenty four million eight million in annual average value 
I'd sign up for that. I mean, especially knowing, hey, you know, you're not done at that position. But if you spend eight million there, spread it out over three years, give yourself an out if things aren't working out after two seasons. I mean, that's definitely a chance I'd be willing to take. And also leaves you with some flexibility, right, to make other moves, bring another guy in at that position, which is what the whole point of this podcast is in particular. And I know another guy that probably fits in that same place is maybe he's not going to be, you know, a high-end starter, but brings you an improvement probably at the position is a guy you were talking about. I know a guy on your list, David, Chakuma Okora for an offensive tackle for the Steelers who put together some pretty impressive numbers in 2021. Yeah, he, he certainly did. I, I, I mean, only two sacks and, and over a thousand offensive snaps is how uh, Daniel Popper put it. To be more specific, only two sacks and 683 pass blocking snaps last year. So that's very, very impressive. Also, never given up more than three sacks in his NFL career. And I think the biggest thing here is he's under 25 years old. He's 24 and a half years old, which is really, really, really rare to have somebody who has some very decent production. Now, also, I think this obviously begs some context, right? You know, you got to think about the type of offense that the Steelers run, or at least they have run the last couple of years, trying to get the ball out of Big Ben's hands very quickly. So a lot of that short, quick passing game, which obviously is going to help the offensive linemen out and not, you know, make their stats look a lot better. But I think this is a guy um, that's not going to demand a lot. Um, I think he could be an un- under the radar type of guy that you can bring in and really add some quality um, uh, competition there. At least I don't think this is a contract that's going to really eat very much at all. So I think this is a very um, low, low risk, high reward type of signing. Yeah. I mean, big Ben. I think he got it out the quickest, you know, if not like the top three quickest of any quarterback it's because he had to. Season. Yeah. And I mean, that definitely helps the pressures numbers and things like that. But I mean, Storm Norton gave up 60 pressures last year and nine sacks. The last two seasons, this dude's given up five sacks and only 49 pressures over two full seasons. And he still, you know, was a much better pass protector than Storm Norton. He is getting knocked as a, you know, poor run defender. So maybe that is something that would lead the Chargers. Run blocker. You know, run blocker. Exactly. But I do think that that's a guy that, you know, why not? Like, why not? You need to bring in some kind of competition. So these are just guys you could bring in as competition. That wouldn't necessarily prevent you from going to look at someone else, right? I think Bobby Massey from the Broncos is another guy like that who came in and played well for them last year, who would still, you know, come at a very reasonable contract, you would think. Has had some durability issues, but I think you're just looking for, hey, you know, if you can get 14 games out of a dude next season and you only need three games out of a Trey Pipkins, right? You can get by with that, you know? Yeah. You just can't have a full season of a Storm Norton or something like that. And, at the very least, these dudes are, you know, very, very quality depth, depending on what that contract looks like. But there's some even cheaper guys, David, that I think you could add on to where if you get, you know, a BJ Hill and one of these bargain bin guys, right? You get a yeah. team mix and one of these bargain bin guys. So we're going to talk about some really reasonable options for the Chargers that could come in and be impact players for them and also fill some big needs before the draft comes up, coming up right after this. All right, so it's time to get into our bargain bin here. And, you know, we called Tom Telesco Coupon Tom for a long time. And I know people don't want to hear Coupon Tom right now because they're like, hey, go be Corey Lindsley Tom that brought in, you know, one of the best centers in football and made him the highest paid center in football. And I think, you know, it's just hard to imagine, even after seeing that, that Tom Telesco is going to just go all out and give out these big contracts because he just cares so much about future cap and he's just not willing. It's just not who he is. It's just not who we've seen him to be. 
it's against his philosophies for sure. Yeah. Right. But there are some bargain bin guys here that Daniel Popper brought up that made a lot of sense. So we've talked a lot about, you know, interior defensive linemen and offensive tackles, but I did think the edge rusher Lorenzo Carter was an interesting one that Daniel Popper brought in here. 26 years old, did tear his Achilles in 2020, took him some time for him to find his footing in the Giants defense last season, but had five sacks over his final four games. Those were his only sacks of this season, but that's how Daniel Popper put it. And I mean, look at it this way. The dude has 14 and a half career sacks. That's only half a sack behind Joe Chen and Uosu for their career, right? Over those first four seasons. So that's crazy. he has been pretty productive. And I think for this, it's a, you know, projected two year, $8 million contract. It's not going to cost a lot. Does have, you know, is coming off an Achilles, but could potentially be that Kyler Fackrell type of player who you just bring in as depth. So you don't have as big of a need at that position as you head into the draft. I like that. I mean, and that was a guy I was looking at too as a, a potential guy you can add. It's just the, you know, I don't know how much money I want to throw at a pass rusher that has just that limited uh, a production and availability. Also, a little bit of concerns with the injury. I mean, the issues, limited but... production you want to bring back Uchenna only has half a sack more, right? I mean, for a much bigger number, this guy's only going to cost four million. Uchenna's going to cost a lot more than that. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah, projected, right? Obviously, yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, and and I think you always have to try to cast a wide net when when looking for guys to add to the pass rush. So, and I've always been a guy pounding the table to add more pass rushers. So, I mean, hey, take a chance, see what you can get out of it. If this guy comes in, if you bring him in and he, he gets you know seven eight sacks, then I think you got to be really really happy with that. Um, you know, obviously yeah. playing on a rotational basis here. Um, I mean, I have to stick on the defensive line. I know it's boring, but. It's the biggest need for the Chargers. They have to address. Daniel Popper had on his list too. I mean, most it of the is. guys on these lists are offensive linemen or defensive linemen for the most part. Right, and I mean that's because Popper is a very, very smart person, and he knows that the Chargers need to continue to concentrate on improving those units. So, again, my guy here is Harrison Phillips, defensive lineman, formerly of the Bills. Here, he's going to be a free agent. Forty-nine tackles here, twenty-one pressures, one sack. So, not a lot of pass rushing there, but. Um, he's only missed five tackles in four seasons, so he's pretty sure, pretty sure tackler there. Sixty-five or higher run defense grade in three of his four seasons. So this is a guy who is also just a giant. Like he's a, a massive human being who definitely takes on double teams very, very well, and he's able to defeat them and get those um, run tackles. So. I don't think this is a guy that's going to cost a lot of money. He's also young and he's been pretty productive, especially in the area that you need to improve in the most. So I think bringing in Harrison Phillips would be a good idea. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a guy that makes you sturdier right off the bat. Oh, yeah. He does give you a presence where he's not going to be pushed around. That's a corn fed country old boy right there. Right. Not a, not a pass rusher at no. all, you know, but you need just some beef too. And that's another guy who probably comes, at a reasonable contract and a guy who couldn't get on the field for the bills and was a healthy scratch multiple games. So like that's, you know, they're probably not bringing him back. That's just to say that I think another guy, Daniel Popper brought up kind of fits in that same kind of category. And that's Daquan Jones from the Panthers 30 yeah. years old, but would definitely bring some, you know, give you some more girth on the inside for sure. This is what Popper says about him. They need an available, reliable, established defensive lineman. And Jones is exactly that. He has not missed a game <laughs> since 2017. He has good size at 6'4", 322 pounds, and is produced as a run defender and a pass rusher. So this is an older guy, but still a guy that you would feel is still, you know, can give you plenty of production, and you just need more of a veteran presence. And now that you don't have the Limbaugh-Joseph contracts, right, and things like that in the middle, you can afford to go 
get a bargain bin guy potentially like a Daquan Jones and have him add some depth at the very least, right, and give you a rotational guy there. I do have one non-defensive lineman in corner. I think really it's two. It's cornerbacks, Kawan Williams from the 49ers, and also Bryce Callahan, which for both of the guys, there's one big thing, and that's just they haven't been able to stay very healthy, right? Yeah, the injuries. Of course, and that's going to be a concern. I mean, Kewan Williams, his projected contract is one year, two and a half million. Uh, I saw for Bryce Callahan, it was like around three million. It was under five million for sure. So not guys that are going to break the bank. What Kewan Williams brings to the table, as Daniel Popper puts, he's great against the run. He gives you a physical presence in the slot. The Chargers need help in the slot, and both of these guys are slot guys. And with Bryce Callahan, another guy, if he's, you know, played only with really the Vic Fangio type of defense with the Bears and then with the Denver Broncos. And when he was been with Brandon Staley, you know, or Brandon Staley has been a part of the team he's been with, he's had really good production. He's been a really good player. And I think the Chargers just at corner need a lot of depth. Yeah, should be a scheme fit, a guy that should understand what's going on with the defense and what, you know, Brandon Staley is asking for, who should be able to come in and provide some quality play. And we saw last year – how many different times we saw corners on the football field that were never supposed to be on the field as much as they were. So to add more quality players to try to you know limit that or at least offset those injuries that are eventually going to come that can come in and provide quality play, that's always something that you should be looking to do. We know how valuable corners are. It's all about covering and rushing the quarterback. So you got to be able to cover. Um, my my last guy on my list is a guy I've talked about before. It is my only non-offensive defensive line guy. It is wide receiver Byron Pringle of the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a guy who brings in a lot of speed. I mean, he is very, very fast. He is a guy that the Chiefs used sparingly because, I mean, they got a lot of weapons over there. But he is a guy who had his best year um, this season. 42 catches, 548 yards, and five touchdowns. I don't think this is going to command a large contract either. I think this is a guy would, that would probably have to replace Jalen Guyton if that was the route that you were wanting to go. Um, I think he would be a solid player, and, I mean, he's got a championship pedigree, so he knows how to win. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, just as far – I mean, obviously, receivers, it's always hard to argue for the Chargers to bring in in free agency just because yeah. historically it hasn't, hasn't worked, worked out. out for them. Yeah. Another guy he brought up was Demir Bird, a guy who – as he put it, ran a sub four three forty at his pro day, and you know, I think it is worth you know sometimes taking a little flyer on a one year minimal deal for someone like that. And maybe the guys he has on the list are guys that probably wouldn't cost very much. Probably outside of Marquez Valdez Scantling, I right. think he'd probably cost a little bit more than the Chargers would be willing to spend. But it's also assuming Mike Williams is going to come back too, right? So bringing a different aspect to the offense, I would not mind. I'm not a big fan of bringing in free agent receivers, but I wouldn't mind taking a shot on one of those speedy guys. And I think just taking a shot in general, David, like yeah. it'd be nice to see the Chargers take more shots on guys like an Ode Abushi, right? On right. guys like a Kyler Fackrell, just one year deals. I mean, that's what Casey Hayward was once upon a time, yeah. right? Was one of those guys where you're just taking a chance on a guy hoping to bounce back. Take Hopefully. a shot in the dark, man. Give this guy, give him a chance. You never know what a change of scenery, a change of voice, a change of coaching staff could do for a player's career. A hundred percent. And like I said, the whole point of this is just that the Chargers can go out and fill multiple needs with the cast space that they have. I think it's going to be quicker than people think, but the Chargers could add two or three guys from this show, right? And I think that's where you could see them really build you know, a foundation, especially defensively, to go into the draft in a strong place where you can take the best players available 
you know, regardless of position and don't feel like you have to be pigeonholed into taking certain positions very early on because we just saw with, you know, the Rams and the Bengals, big additions they made through free agency or through trades like a DJ Reader, right, and some of the guys they brought in, Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals, for the Rams making the trade for Von Miller and all the other aggressive moves that they've had. You can fill some big holes. It still has to be your homegrown talent that puts you over the top, right, but filling in the cracks, right, building the foundation around those guys where you have those guys already I think is so important. He brought up another guy in Christian Ringo that at least right now preliminarily, you know, as we add into things, is definitely interesting just based on the fact that finished fourth amongst quality qualified defensive linemen and run stop percentage, according to PFF. Uh, but he was a practice squad journeyman for most of his NFL career, but he does have ties with Michael Wilhoyt. The Chargers obviously have a ton of Saints ties already, mostly on the offensive side of the ball here. But I think that's another guy, too, where maybe they know somebody or know they can kind of pick up on a diamond in the rough type of player that took a long time to get to where he's at now to be a rotational guy, but also you know, it can still bring you some value because the Chargers need a lot of help, David, especially up front. And and these are all value picks that could potentially help that. I mean, the Chargers need to take some chances. Why not go with some of these guys? Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a, a lot of guys in here that are going to have some very, very good seasons and, and some guys that have already proven that they can immediately impact the areas that you've struggled the most so I think the Chargers need to, obviously, you want to go out there and get the sexy, big contracts. But those, obviously, they're attractive, but they don't always work. We know that. But you also know that you have to supplement your roster and you need to continue to add as much talent as you possibly can. Doesn't mean you have to spend big on it, but you still need to add. Yeah, absolutely. It, enough wasn't enough last year. You went into the season knowing you had several deficiencies, especially at depth, depth at corner, depth at safety. Depth all over the field, depth on the defensive line. I mean, there was so much depth issues last season going into the season that you knew it's just, hey, if one person goes down here, that's going to severely impact that unit. You don't have somebody to come in. You can fill some of those needs this season. You can fix some of those woes this year, especially since you have, you know, 60% of your offensive line built already, right, that you feel really, really good about. You don't have to throw everything at that side of the ball. You can go make a couple splashes defensively and honestly, I think dramatically improve the Chargers defense heading into the draft. You're still going to have to, you know, hit on some more picks in the draft and get more contributions there. But it could look dramatically better when things are all said and done, out with some old, in with some new, keep some of the key players that you have to re-sign from your own internal free agents. And I think you could see such a big turnaround from that unit. I truly believe that. And I know it was very underwhelming last season. But yeah, tomorrow's Fan Friday, guys. And tomorrow the show turns to you guys. And you want you to get your voicemails in at 323-524-7924. And we'll also be putting a post out at Lockdown LAC. And we want to also know who your number one free agent is that you guys want the Chargers to target. So hit us up in the YouTube comments. Hit us up on Twitter at Lockdown LAC or at Day and Talk Sports for me on Twitter, Andrew Talk SD for David Drogmeyer. As always, thank you guys for making us your first listen today and for coming in for the only Chargers daily content that you guys are going to find like this. And to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. Follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and rate and review if you like the show as well. We really appreciate you guys. We can't wait to get into Fan Mail Friday with you guys tomorrow. Maybe even talk about Mike Williams and if the Chargers will franchise tag him. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.